You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Greetings, everyone, once again. Uh, my name is Kavi, and I'm sitting here uh, with Amoda Ma, and we're going to be embarking today on a on a, yet another <clears throat> conversation um, a new inquiry, hopefully a deeper insight into themes um, and topics and such like that come up uh, uh, through Amoda's teaching, uh, through her books and through her online uh, meetings. Hello, Amoda. Hello, Kavi. How does this find you today? It finds me very well, actually. Good. Nice to see you again. Um, okay, let's go. There's a video you just made, um, posted, I think, yesterday, uh, in which you, it's taken from your discourse of a recent online meeting. <clears throat> the video is called The Wisdom of Preparing the Way on the Path of Self-Realization. I think we're going to explore that a little bit, try and expand on it, maybe, um, and, and sort of add to it if we can. Um, one of the things that, that struck me, you know, not necessarily about you, but also a bit about you, is that most spiritual teachers, uh, certainly in the non-duality uh, arena on the circuit, as, as, <laughs> as I see it, um, don't really talk so much about the personal their own personal, I don't mean the personal, I mean their own personal experiences of some of the, you know, some of the things that they talk about, that they teach about. It's kind of being historically excluded or left out of, of, of certain conversations, rightly or wrongly, there's no judgment around that. But I think, you know, we're, we're, we're at a different time in in society, we're at a different time, you know, where actually many, there are many, 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 many seekers, uh, all who are having, you know, profound or deep experiences. And then the thing that comes up so often is how to live the, how to live those experiences, those awarenesses, those awakenings, those insights in the midst of everyday life, in the everyday experience. And I think personally that I see that actually you're beginning to embrace that and share because it's useful for other people to see what it means to actually walk the path and not just talk about the path, but actually walk the path because there is a, there is a modeling that we, that we uh, see and use in, in, in our investigations, in our inquiries, in our journeys. Um, so that's a kind of precy to the invitation to actually probe a little bit uh, into Amoda Ma 
and uh, and what you've done and how this is you know this uh, awakening this this life that you you've you sort of are in service now to the to the truth to spreading to the the, the truth you know how that's come about has it just been a, an act of grace has there been any work on your part what part does work play and that segues into the very questions and the conversations that we're having today so i i'm just going to launch in with a few possibilities is that okay yes sounds good okay so in a recent event that recent the, the recent one day you turned your attention to the question of dealing with emotions the shadow and unmet stuff it's a theme that comes up again and again in events and sessions for both of us so let's talk more about this whole area you said in a recent event clearing the way is vital self-improvement is not but you also referred to you know and we've we, we we sort of these are some of the possibilities that i want to explore with you what is the role of shadow work on the spiritual path awakening is you know happening to more and more people older and younger these days is there a danger of bypassing the bypassing of the human experience the human story is it necessary to heal the past in order to discover true freedom? Is there a difference between the self-improvement project and clearing the way for the light of consciousness to enter? And again, I'll say, what kind of inner work have you done prior to the awakening and after the awakening experience that you had way back in the early uh, part of the century, correct? uh 2000 actually 90 i <laughs> oh, was in 1998 or something was it or uh the yeah some of some of the journey and then yes the early part of this century yes yes i mean i'm using the your awakening because you refer to an awakening experience you talked yes. about it through your books and that actually specific event that happened you know in a very condensed very short space of time was actually early this century even though it Correct. sounds yes. like a long time ago it was actually <laughs> early this century but as you said 2002 you've done, yes <laughs> but you've done a lot of work personal work in the 90s <laughs> And subsequently, you might have done something as well, but we'll actually come to that. So enough from me. I... <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of questions, Kevin. So cl clearing the way is vital. Self-improvement is not. Let's start there. Let's go. <laughs> clearing <laughs> the way is vital. Self-improvement is not. Um, let's, let's just open that up a little bit backwards, if you like. Self-improvement is not. Um, I spend a lot of time in my teaching talking about uh, the tenacious, uh, acquisitive mind. The uh, when 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 we're still uh, rooted in separate self, in small self, in ego self call it what you like, the one who sees himself or herself as a separate uh, uh, entity uh, needing to get somewhere, yeah, needing to get to enlightenment, wanting to get to awakening, uh, uh, yearning for freedom, all part of the spiritual search. But when we're still rooted in that separation, 
in that me self, then the the momentum uh, very often, most often, if not always, comes from a need to become a better self, a more enlightened self, a more awakened self, a more free self, a more peaceful self, and so on. And that's what I call the self-improvement project. And there is this uh, underlying belief that only when I become uh, a more complete person, a more healed person, uh, a more, you know, add any quality you like to that, um, a more worthy person, will I achieve this perfect state of enlightenment, of awakening, of freedom, of bliss, of eternal happiness and peace, and so on. That's the self-improvement project. And that is both a driver on the path of spiritual evolution, but it's also a great impediment. And at some point that mechanism must be seen and must be released, must be let go of, so that the yearning, the longing for freedom, for self-realization, for coming home to true nature comes from a different place, comes from a much deeper place within, a much purer place that is not contaminated by the egoic seeking mechanism. So what I'm really saying with that is that you don't have to be a better self in order to be free. You don't have to be a more worthy self, a more healed self, a more confident self, or a more uh, yeah, anything self <laughs> in order to realize true nature. Therefore, working on yourself in order to perfect your personality is counterproductive and a digression or diversion of the fuel, the energetic fuel for the true spiritual search, the true search for true nature. So, however, (laughs) this is where it gets tricky and sometimes confusing. Clearing the way I've come to see is vital. If If I talk about a little bit about my own experience, I spent a lot of time looking for a better self because I felt unworthy, because I felt unlovable, because I felt not good enough in some way. Um, And therefore, um, you know, looking for uh, not only a better personality, but also looking for, uh, you know, seeking uh, special spiritual experiences through meditation and other practices. Where were you, excuse me? Were you back in in that day before you carry on? Were you seeking awakening or were you just trying to improve yourself? I would say most of it was driven by improving myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, you know, the word awakening, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the concept of awakening wasn't really around then. Not as far as I, not in my world anyway, not in the way that it is today, where it's very much... Uh, a thing, a thing. A thing. It's in the culture, in the spiritual culture. Um, I, I, I would never have used that word then. I, I certainly hadn't come across it. Enlightenment, yes, but enlightenment seemed like such a high, mm-hmm. mystical state that I wasn't seeking that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was seeking freedom, and I, I was immersed mm-hmm. in lots of spiritual practices like uh, Buddhist meditation and uh, also all sorts of other practices that we can go into if if you want to a bit. Yes, later. I'd but, like to do that. Yes, but I wasn't actually seeking. I, I was seeking a better self. Underneath it, I was seeking for a self that didn't feel pain, a self that felt more lovable a self that was just a better representation of who I am. I would put it down to a good enough self. Now, that is part of the quest for coming home to our natural wholeness and our natural goodness. However, it's the employment of the particular seeking mechanism of self that is what I call the contaminant, yeah? At some point... I, uh, a combination of grace and clear seeing allowed me to let go of that, to surrender it. And that surrender was the, the willingness from my deepest to be with whatever is. And whatever is might be not feeling good enough, might be uh, not being, uh, you know, uh, you know, ha- having, having uh, maybe feeling melancholy or feeling a little bit down or feeling a little, you know, I, so I, I stopped avoiding everything. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when awakening happened, yeah, very specific, if you like happening in, in 2002, it was then, in that moment or following that, that I realized that the self-improvement project is a, is an illusion because in that moment and following on from that for a few years or however long it took for it to sort of stabilize and be embodied, my self didn't become a better self. The same qualities, the same personality, if you like, was still there, but I stopped seeking to improve it. I stopped trying to be more confident. I stopped trying to be more lovable. I stopped trying to be more good enough. It it kind of came to a full stop. And so then embarking on on the path of teaching many years later, I saw how this played out in people on the path through their questions, through their interactions with me, through their conversations, and more and more saw how this idea of perfecting the self was really entangled in the spiritual search for for freedom. So I've spent most of my teaching really sort of, or, or much of my teaching very much untangling that. And then we come <laughs> and you stop me at any time, but you've asked a lot of questions here. Know, so I'm trying yeah. to follow those threads. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to let you follow those. <laughs> I've come to a place which I don't speak about as much because it gets trickier. But I did in the recent video, and it seems to have uh, touched many people, um, which is self-improvement is an impediment and an illusion. However, clearing the way is necessary. And there's a difference between the two. Clearing the way. <laughs> so you cle- you've, you cleared. Did you... Before you start this, did you clear the way? I mean, it's not an ABC, so we're not talking about linearity. I, I, we need to express that because there's a, there's a, there are always these mysterious qualities to the whole spiritual journey that one refers to as grace or serendipity or, yeah? So there is no A, if you do A, B happens and C happens. But you are sort of suggesting that you had cleared the way or were in the process or doing something of clearing the way back in the 90s, maybe even before that as well, that allowed uh, a certain grace to happen, to come from who knows where. Was this clearing the way a vital aspect or could the grace have happened anyway? This is the good question, and I don't know if it has a definitive answer, but the more I digest the movement of of my life and the more I see in others as much as I can see, (laughs) I do see the intelligence and the wisdom of clearing the way as a necessity. It's not, as you say, rightly, a precursor for awakening. It's not a cause and effect. Yeah, that also is an impediment, yeah, to to have that idea that mm-hmm. if I do this, then this will happen mm-hmm. because that simply reifies the self that wants to get somewhere, that yeah. wants to arrive mm. at a destination, mm, yeah. and the progress is going. Yeah, that the is tri- trickery, the trickery of the mind that we There's know a about. Lot of yeah. trickery. However, <laughs> however, I have seen <laughs> in the many interactions I've had um, people of all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of experience, and uh, yeah. Uh, all sorts of paths and all sorts of ages and all sorts of cultures that let's call it shadow work. It's not my favorite word, but I think it, it, it describes, yeah, what we, what we need to describe here. That which has been hidden, that which has not been previously met in oneself. Now, awakening can happen. Realization of true nature can happen by uh, grace, accident, shock, or <laughs> whatever, whatever other mystery. And there can be profound glimpses of true nature, which may last a short time or may last a reasonably long time. Inevitably, and I would say this almost 100% of the time, um, although it's difficult to quantify, inevitably what has that which has not been previously met in oneself, in the individual, will come up 
and literally bite you <laughs> and or well, maybe not bite you but actually say what about me mm-hmm. i need to be met and that's when the great surprise the great confusion the great disappointment and the great loss of awakened uh, realization takes place yeah where did it go when there's still this stuff that yeah so that's when some ongoing work needs to happen. But once awakening has happened, it's very difficult to then have the humility and the tenacity to do personal work. And therein <laughs> lies another prick, which is the spiritual ego that feels like it's got somewhere and need to look at its stuff. So that's I, a that's a that's a minefield. I don't really want to go down that because that 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 that's a kind of question in itself about yes. sort of almost about spiritual teachers or the one who claims and and et cetera et cetera so let's rein that one back maybe for a future episode when we want to be really controversial and uh yeah so yes. let, we'll just hold that so the uh the wisdom of clearing the way prior to the genuine uh, longing, yearning, turning attention to truly coming home to, you know, to true self is, 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 yeah, there's great wisdom in that, clearing the way. That does mean doing some work on yourself, (laughs) doing some inner work, not in order to become a better person. Yeah. But in order to to uh, uh, hmm. to have the capacity to meet everything, the capacity to meet. So everything. I was going to I was just going to interject at that point because what I hear you saying is you could actually, and we need we need to to just refer to kind of uh, drill into the shadow a little bit more and what it, what it actually means. But from what I understand, you could actually uh, do the same thing, yeah, with attending to your looking at your uh, issues, uh, the old wounds, the baggage, the trauma, the yeah. But what actually is 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 different is 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 the attitude almost the deeper attitude that you have towards it because one could be i'm trying to run away from pain and i'm trying to improve myself in order to keep on escaping the trauma and the other one is that i need to clear the garden so that the the tree can grow more fully and they dif- they actually have a different mental component or energetic component yes is that right yeah. yes that's right you you you've hit the nail on the head essentially one yeah as you say one is uh, a way of becoming uh, uh, overcoming pain uh, never having to feel it again being so perfect and uh, enlightened or uh, unwounded that you uh, never have to uh, yeah feel feel that brokenness again it's an avoidance um and uh, that's really a defensive a sort of def- yeah defensive strategy um uh, and, and the other one is 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 more um, an embracement, an allowing, a meeting, an intimacy with that which was uh, previously denied, 
which may be hurt, it may be anger, it may be mm. brokenness, it may be an existential aloneness. It has a softness to it. It has a surrender to it, which means that, yes, you're meeting what we might call the past, but the past is always being met here, now. Yeah, so that has to be included, and that's part of the clearing of the way. It's also <clears throat> clearing clearing the path is also um, has an energetic component to it. So it's not just meeting it on a on an intellectual or mental level, uh, sort of understanding it or remembering it. It's really feeling. It's feeling and allowing the movement of that feeling whether that's through some kind of emotional release or cathartic release, um, um, whatever we might want to call it, or, you know, it's like an energy movement. It may move through the body. It may move through the heart. It may move, move through the, yeah, the emotions, the tears. Um, all of that expands our energy field. And if our energy field remains contracted, then there's no space for the light of consciousness to come in. So all of this is part of the clearing of the way, preparing the path, like clearing the ground, yeah? Tilling the soil, yeah? That kind of thing, airing, airing what has been stuck, what has been uh, pushed down, what we might call the shadow. Hmm. Sounds, I mean, as you're, as you're speaking, it actually sounds like this uh, em embracement that you're talking of is a, and I don't want to label it as such, but it actually sounds like a very much more feminine, you know, in the sense that uh, it is embracement, which is more of a feminine, has more of a feminine quality to it, rather than overcoming, rather than improving self. It's sort of, you know, generally, in a way, certainly to this, to, to, to me, it sounds much, a much more masculine, either transcend it, ignore it, sort it out, or, you know, use it in some sort of way to improve the kind of self. So is, is, that, is that relevant in your world, or is it a, a, a non- <laughs> I hadn't seen it or I wouldn't describe it in terms of, uh, you know, a masculine way or a feminine way, but uh, we could describe it that way. Now that you, now that you mention it, it is, if you like a feminine way, I don't want to, to limit it to, to feminine or masculine. I would say it's more, again, like a previous conversation we've had, it's really the path of surrender. Right. <laughs> rather than the path of self-improvement. They yes. have different qualities to them. Surrender comes from the heart, yeah? Self-improvement comes from the, 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 the egoic mind, yeah? From the ego self. So you could say one's a, got a, a sort of masculine feel to it um, and one's got a feminine feel to it. Um, I think the, the re one of the reasons why I'm saying it, I haven't really thought this through, but it's like... A, there, there, there seems to be pain, wounding, trauma inherent in the certainly in the modern conditioned human being. I certainly don't meet many people 
uh, who who haven't experienced some sort of retraction, some sort of body locking, some sort of nervous system issue they carry around or around. And actually, on on many levels, these these pains, these wounds, these retractions are the great drivers of deep growth, of deep transformation. Um, but you know, like all things in in, in this kind of society, society we tend to want to solve them yes it's rather than what i hear you actually saying which is a much more allowing it is a tender you know and tender is not a weak word it's actually one of the strongest words these qualities that you're talking about are very strong you know because in order to allow you know really the full uh, depth or energetic feeling of what has happened to you to revisit you now you have to actually you know, have the capacity to be with it, to sit with it, to allow it without actually trying to solve it. Yes. Yes. There is a great strength in that. And it's not a, a, a way of being or an approach to life that we are trained into in this modern culture in this egoic culture, uh, we probably haven't for <laughs> thousands of years or millennia even, um, as the sort of ego-dominant and perhaps, yeah, masculine way of striving and achievement and so- solving the problem or getting rid of the problem and progress has taken over the human, uh, you know, the human condition. <laughs> so yes, it is in that way, a, 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 a sort of t- complete turnaround. Isn't it? Yeah. So it is a turnaround, yeah. which is why surrender is so confusing yeah. to most people because the mind <laughs> tries to find, uh, uh, you know, put it into the same box as, you know, trying to do something, but it's not a doing, it's an undoing. Wow. Um, and and so so yes this is this is the clearing the way we must be prepared to meet anything uh, everything rather and whatever modality uh we might uh or support system we might uh you know rely on or use or you know to 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 uh, to take us to that place to help us along the way well that's an individual thing that's an individual uh, <laughs> are, are there any is, discovery. Are, <clears throat> do, 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 you know, with regard to that, does is there any advice in the sense that <laughs> is it you know is a, a a talking therapy a good thing or is a uh, you know shaking thing a good thing? Does it is it is it useful to engage the the physical body? I mean, we're not talking about health; we're talking about really the other. You know, we're we're talking about catharsis and and possibly or energetic work. Yeah, because I know that I I mean, you know, we've been together for quite a long time. And in the early days, we used to do this. This is something that we used to do. And it was a very much I witnessed for myself personally and also working with many other people that 
our capacity and your capacity to allow people or engage people in a shaking up process in a in a held environment actually created it didn't create any awakening at all as far as i could see but it did create a certain freedom that allowed the possibility of the grace which is exactly what we're talking about and that was a catharsis that was using the body <clears throat> yes again a, a very ripe and juicy um uh, arena for dis- for discussion and exploration, isn't it? Yeah, sorts of tricky tricky bits to it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, I said I was going to get you. I I'm not letting you off the hook anymore. <clears throat> so 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 yes. Um, I mean, you know, Cavi. Some some other people know, but not many. Uh, uh, much of my background uh, after my initial. Uh, excursion into the intellect and the complete comp- collapse of that my my turnaround was the immersion in uh, uh, energetic um, modalities modalities that expanded the sense of self through energetic practices what do I mean by that through breathing techniques through rebirthing through emotional catharsis, through shaking meditation, through uh, dancing meditation, through uh, tantric, uh, we can call it kundalini awakening. All of that was vital. I didn't know it. I just did it because there was joy in it, because there was release in it, because there was cleansing in it, because there was the revelation of deeper energies in me, emotions and memories and uh, traumas and uh, brokenness that I had not been able to touch pre- prior to that. And some of it did include psychotherapy and some of it, you know, in different forms, you know, a psychosynthesis was something, mm-hmm. um, although that has an energetic aspect to it, um, voice dialogue work. So, so it was a combination of things. That's why I don't want to land on anything specific because the problem with that is that people go, oh, I should do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that. You have to find your own way. You have to listen deeply. But mm-hmm. I can say that all that shaking, dancing, breathing, catharting uh, gave me the capacity to be with any energy that arose mm-hmm. without resistance. And that was primary. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm really saying here. The capacity to be with any energy in your body in Mm. your heart in your uh, felt sense which is all there is any energy and it's an it's it's inevitable narrative which wraps itself around that i was through meditation i was able to be with all of it and you all yeah and so that gave me the capacity then to be able to hold that space, if you like, or facilitate that space for others. And in that, the heart opened. There was an awakening of the heart. There was an awakening of the ecstatic self, which ecstatic simply means to stand beyond oneself, which means that the boundaries of self became more and more permeable. Now, that in itself is not necessarily enough. 
then there must be the true longing for freedom within that or the deeper surrender to what is, which brings you to an existential abyss within that. But it did. It took me to that existential abyss and then I was able to be with that. And then awakening truly happened, even though I wasn't looking for it. Um, So, yes, all of that. And it's not cause and effect. Because without that capacity to allow the full depth and breadth, which has no boundary to it, of the sky and everything in it, every cloud, every storm, every rainfall, every ray of light to move in you and to move through you without that capacity, then we're always um, limited to the contract itself. And it's much harder and much more, um, yeah, much more difficult to awaken out of that contract itself in a, in a graceful way, yeah, in a graceful way. Um, and the more graceful it is, the less likely it is that you're caught up in the I got it, I lost it syndrome. So that didn't, let's, I just, you know, yeah, all, everything that I understand. And then awakening this the mysterious grace fell upon you um, with no cause. And there was no but, 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 as you said before, earlier in the show. Um, and you talked about this in, in, the, uh, in the recent video, that if, the, if there hasn't been a preparing of the way, there can be this uh, tightening still this you know tightening of in in the emotional body self and then a, a, an, an insight can happen or an awakening or an epiphany or whatever it is but then you start to get this the coming and going experience i've got it i lost it um and it actually does sound and i, I do know you very well and I mean, you did have to deal with things after your awakening, for instance, you know, without getting too personal about it. You did have to to deal with the the endless mother issue in real time, in real life, after, after the awakening. But actually what I hear you saying, I think, you know, is that you didn't, I mean, maybe it was something to do with the time that we are in or something, but you'd, I don't remember you making any claims you know, of the I got it syndrome after that awakening. You've always been, a, you know, I don't, I don't want to big you up too much, but you, you have always been a very true human being, Amoda. I have to say that. I, I do mean that, honestly, speaking as an insider. You've always been a very true human being, and it's one of the most amazing qualities because you haven't, you don't, you don't claim it. You, you, you just sort of live on the inside of something, and it is very true. And but you did after awakening, even though the vessel, the emotions, the physicality was very clear, and you were clear in your body on a health level, which I have to say, there's another conversation that I'd actually like to have with you. Um, but then you still had subsequently to deal with with stuff. Yes, yeah? yes, v- very good point, and I'm I'm totally happy to to speak about that. Um, 
Two, 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 two things in response to that. One is uh, after awakening and even with clearing the way, anything that still remains will come up to be seen more clearly. So what happened was actually the relationship with my mother, which had not yet been uh, cleared, if you like, hadn't been fully met all the way, very deep buried feelings, uh, many of them pre-verbal, it escalated. And what we would call trauma, pre-verbal trauma, um, and some of it post-verbal trauma, um, it just came rushing in because there was space. There wasn't space in me before that. So it came rushing in and became, uh, it escalated. And there, so was a dedi- then- there, was, there was a new dedication to what is true as well. Yes. So everything yes. that isn't true, everything that wasn't yes. true, and by true we just mean naturally obvious you know the natural intelligence of things came rushing in to be to 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 be held in that truth if you like yes you were you were able to to know that or to feel it or to see it yeah so you didn't get just lost in the in in the trauma and the drama because your mother was a very difficult character i you know so so yes there were many difficult emotions that came up emotions that i previously did not have access to Mm. and and at the same time, and I can only uh, explain this or express it or describe it from my internal point of view, which actually I, I, I never did claim it or even express mm. it to you, my beloved Kavi, mm. was that in that, even though I seem to flit in and out of what we might call a traumatized state and then uh, an open state or a clear state, my internal perception of that, my internal experience of that was that nothing true had been lost. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There was an experience, this incredible storm that arose in relationship to my mother. And it would, I would get, immersed in that whirlpool and that whirlpool on the surface would appear as if I'd uh, uh, become, uh, you know, got caught up in a traumatized state. I might be a little bit distant or I might be a little bit, I, I mean, I can't remember, fragile or something, or there might be some very difficult emotions. But my internal experience with that was that that whirlpool was appearing in open consciousness. And therefore, there was a great allowing of it. Yeah. And over time, which actually took several years, it all unraveled itself and released itself and is no longer appearing. <laughs> yeah. That inevitably happens. But I, I don't think that that could have unraveled itself in that way, which had a lot of history, personal and karmic and pre-verbal history in it, uh, ancient history in it. I don't think that could have unraveled in that way had there not been a clearing of the way prior to that and a capacity to, to truly abide 
naturally, organically, that's the grace, in and as open consciousness. Because it was from that point on, from, from the awakening in 2002, that I knew, felt, experienced, there was the absolute knowing, true realization, and an energetic felt sense that everything, the whole of life, the whole of the world, everything that I can say is my life, my experience, happens inside open consciousness. There isn't a me in the world. There isn't a me in life. There isn't even a me having a life. It's all appearing in me, as me, not a small egoic me, but as the I that is consciousness. And in that, everything was allowed. Every whirlpool, every storm. And that completely changed my, uh, my internal lived experience. That's what changed, um, which meant there wasn't an I've got it, I lost it, because there wasn't a me having an awakened experience and a state that was then very much coveted and held onto and then being thrown into trauma <laughs> or, you know, challenge, emotional difficulty. It, was, it wasn't that. It, there was, yeah, it's a different ground of being. Okay. And I wouldn't have known that ground of being had I not, uh, what I call prepared, the, the, the way hadn't been prepared. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's uh, very beautiful. Now I want kind of, uh, we're, we're 45 minutes. Uh, we, we kind of want to wrap this up at some point, but uh, in, in to put it all into a bit of a context for people who might be listening and might be interested, um, what you're talking about when you're talking about, because I, I want to go back to the motivation and the driver. Yeah. Of, of, of dealing with, uh, what's in the bag well i call it under the cellar door um under the cellar the you know the trap door is that actually you and i and and many people were in a different world then you know there was actually because i i i know for myself that you know with the work that i did that that all of that cathartic work that i did particularly in the 90s you know i mean there was a guy the the teacher was walking around with a book by nizagardata I had no idea. I had no idea. It was I am that. I had no idea. I there was never any talk of pursuing anything. There was never any talk of, of any holy grail. You know, woe betide you mentioned a holy grail around my teacher, he'd kill you. There was not there was no driver in that sense. There was pain as the grit, you know, that because he knew and everybody knew in that in that sense, you know, that the pain and trauma and wounding, although it wasn't even called that then, was was a great driver that needed to be released but cut to the chase you know we're at 20 years later now and uh and and it's everywhere yeah the the search for awakening as a as an antidote as a solution as a salve as a balm to the pain both both as a as a beautiful experience that one wants obviously inherently intuitively uh but also um at this this danger that we're talking about this danger of the carrot that pulls the donkey towards it that it never quite reaches that sets up this chain of events that just goes on and on and on and on and on and i want to know really because we're actually in a different world we're in a different place now 
does that change anything does it doesn't it doesn't it mean that the the mind that goes on the journey the self that goes on the journey has to decide something at when the journey is happening or before the journey is happening that you do it you do you clear the way for its own sake not because it's going to get you to awakening yes well that's the subtle the subtlety of it isn't it i know but it's it's you know, in these subtleties are, are such importance yeah uh, yes at some point it 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 can't be um a manufactured uh, realization right uh, meaning it, meaning what it has to be true well you almost very often have to go on the path of seeking uh, awakening in order to become a, a more special self until you realize the futility of it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it takes you 40 years and you've got a mode of Mars saying you could, you should, you should stop. Well, <laughs> well, hopefully with, with more teachers like myself who, who might be speaking more directly to, to that, uh, you know, conundrum to that tricky place. They, 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 then, then, then people might uh, be able to to come to that realization sooner. And certainly, in speaking with many people, uh, I think they're getting it. Um, it's just that we, we need to say it. I mean, I need to say it, and I do. Uh, I need to point it out when it's happening, and 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 I think I do. And I think people are almost there's, there's a sigh of relief. Or there's a big uh, ah, there is a sigh. Ah. Yes. Ah, now I can let go of that. And sometimes yeah. there's a struggle with that because still the acquisitive mind is very strong. But I think, uh, yeah, bringing that to light is, is very helpful uh, instead of just, uh, you know, uh, glossing over it. It's an important point. Has this been an issue in the non-duality scene? Uh, I, 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 think it, I think it is, yes. Still is. I, yeah. no, I wouldn't say, you know, it's a generalization, but I think yeah. it can be. I think it can be. I'm just going to, some, something's been, uh, you know, touched in me whilst we were speaking, and I know we haven't got too long. Yeah, no, Something go for I it. wanted to say, um, because you, you actually said it, and that's when the longing, this, again, this, is, this relates to this subtlety, the subtle point here, it's when the longing is mm. not for the better self and the self-improvement and the enlightenment as a, as a special state. Um, but when it's for itself, for its own sake, and there is a subtle difference. And I, again, I can only relate it a little bit to my own experience. Um, without going into too much detail, because of the energetic practices I was immersed in, purely the joy of it, and also, and this is probably a whole other direction, but I, I, I found myself, uh, again, by grace, accidentally, not through any looking for, because I knew nothing about it, um, in the midst of, of Osho's world, and all the energetic practices, the dancing and the catharsis and the shaking and the spinning and the, all the beautiful body-centered, energy-centered um, meditations that happened. Um, uh, because of that and getting a taste, a glimpse, yeah, of true silence, true inner silence, um, that, that was a natural state because of that, which is what led me or was part of my path of then uh, 
creating my own modality of ecstatic dance and and all that. Um, And because, and again, this is another topic, of Mm -hmm. my initial experiences with MDMA Mm -hmm. in the early days where there was a pure heart opening that I had never experienced because I was so stuck in my head. I was such an intellectual yeah, achiever. That's all I knew. And yet I was deeply unhappy, suicidal. And MDMA opened my heart and it was so natural and it was so pure. And it's actually what led me then to the energetic practices um, uh, that I knew myself, not intellectually, but viscerally as my true state. No more fear, no more self-consciousness. Um, no more uh, depression, no more, um, yeah, all of that that we can put into that bag. It all evaporated. And that led me into finding out ways of being that in a natural way without the MDMA. That was the beginning of my journey. That's a whole other conversation, but we'll touched on it. Oh that was the God. beginning. But that laid the template because it solved the problem of depression. It solved the problem of suicide. It all evaporated. Now, I did have to do work because it had to be done consciously. But it didn't take me away from myself. It took me into myself. So it was the template, the visceral template of the natural state, which is centered, present, peaceful, intelligent, strong, grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was nothing. Har- harmonious. Harmonious. I came into harmony. alignment and yeah. I knew true nature. Yeah. That led me on to the investigation into Dzogchen, into Theravada Buddhism, into rebirthing, into many, many, many different practices, Hmm. which then took me on the journey of uncovering, if you like, that's what it was, Hmm. uncovering that state naturally. But I had that template, not in my mind, but in my being. Therefore, when it revealed itself, it recognized itself. Hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure why we're talking about this right now, but it's, it's about... You know, when we have that template, mm. it really helps on the way. Mm. Okay. You know, so it's not an intellectual understanding. It's, yeah. a, it's a visceral realization. I remember, I mean, we, yes, we do have to finish this now. But I remember, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, the, the, the understanding of Osho in those days is a very different understanding from Osho now. And, and everything is, is of its time and of its place in a way. And, and what's relevant for people now is not re- what's relevant then. But I know that when you introduced me to Osho's teaching, you know, it, it was remarkable. I just immediately found that, you know, he, he, he understood the Western psych, the Western troubled psyche, neurotic, you know, uh, distracted psyche. And his one of his principal tenets is you've got to shake the body up and you've got to let it cathart before it can then sit naturally in a silent state that one would call meditation. If you just sit the, the neurotic Western mind down to meditate, it's going to struggle because it's going to try as hard as it can to get to that meditation. And there is no trying. It cannot be, it cannot be reached through trying. And one of the concluding things that I would say is the same. It's the same. What you're talking about is the same. 
Absolutely. It's the path of surrender. I mean, yeah. Osho opened me up to the path of surrender through the, the energetic experiences. And, and yes. that's what it is. So you come naturally to your natural state. And so and so you fast forward that to people who are in isolated communities or in places now, and that becomes the the number one, as far as I can see, issue. Well, I hear you, Amoda, I hear what you're saying, and I want to do that as well. And I want to cathart, or I think I need to do that as well. And therein lies the rub. It's actually very yes, difficult and, and, to and find that, to do it. You have to absolutely. follow some natural calling to find what that means. There is always a way. And on that note, I, I, I want to say, um, maybe finish off by saying, is that w- we have, you know, that the collective consciousness around um uh awakening and the spiritual path and self-realization has evolved even in the last 20 years mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I i'll be bold enough to say that perhaps some of those practices some of that digging into the dirt in the mm-hmm. way that we had to do it even 20 years ago might not be as necessary today mm. oh, it's almost like we're becoming more direct that's because perhaps people like myself, and I'm sure there's other teachers, can actually speak to that more directly. Mm, yeah, yeah. And there's something in the human being when you touch, even through words, even through dialogue and inquiry, when we touch that truth, mm-hmm. then it's almost, we don't need to. Yes, do I, I agree. There is a, <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that. I've noticed that for myself working with people and in our meetings yes. is that when you can get down into the ocean floor and you can describe something or, or speak to it with an energy that kind of holds the understanding and the awareness, there is some, something that is able to release and evaporate. It's like that, yes. uh, that clasping is able to go, ah. Oh, Absolutely. The, ah, That's all it is. That's all it is. Whatever yeah. gets to it. Exactly. Okay. Look, I, I, I want to say, because we stirred the pot quite a lot, particularly in the last sort of 20, 30 minutes, if people are listening and they're interested in, in ch- this kind of conversation that I'm having, particular conversation with Amoda, and you want to us to keep continue this kind of conversation and an exploration through Amoda, you know, through your life as well, to include these these things these parts of your life, because there's much more that you reveal to that actually we could explore. And if people are interested in that, let me know in the comment and I'll, and I'll try and engage her even more. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Of course. All right. Thank you so much, Amoda. That was a, that was a joy. I must admit it. Uh, it's quite a, quite, um, quite a thing us talking like this and uh, and I appreciate it and it, it uh, I certainly you know I, I, I can't speak highly enough about the work that you you have done and the impact you've had on me and probably many 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 of course many many people but actually the impact on me so it's a an honor and a pleasure to sit here and uh, and grill you and prod you and poke you and support you in the way that we do Wonderful, beautiful, Kavi. My pleasure too. <laughs> okay, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and um, stay tuned. Subscribe, do what you like, and uh, share it if you're moved. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Okay, that's all from the Amodamar podcast, and uh, we'll see you. Bye bye.